that could possibly happen, how one, anyone could be that irresponsible. And I thought, what data was in there that may compromise sources and methods? By that, I mean names of people who helped, or et cetera. And it's just uh, totally irresponsible. I, yeah, I think it's disgraceful. And I mean, do. Honest to God, that's all I think. What kind of ice cream, what flavor ice cream do you have? Do you think I would tell you if I knew exactly what it would be? Of course I'm not going to tell you. You just come in here with that negative attitude. And it's much ice too cream. early to make that kind of decision. I'm Dave Rubin. This is The Rubin Report. It's January 10th, 2023. We're live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Locals. And as always, uh, well, as newly always, uh, our post-game wrap-up show uh, is available at, uh, available at com. It will be free for everyone through this week. And then it is for subscribers only. So you can jump over there. And uh, you can correct me if I make any factual errors. I'm not above a correction. You can ask me questions, comment on what you've seen, and all that good stuff. Uh, today is going to be a bit of an extension of sort of the direction we've been going in general, where there really are sort of two countries uh, evolving right now, and evolving and, uh, I would say, being created in very separate paths at the moment. Uh, one of them based, let's say, in some level of reality. I'd like to say that's the one where we're in, where freedom and individual rights will matter. And then there's this other one where a bunch of sort of NPCs, non-playable characters, people who just believe in the machine, believe the government is benevolent and good and should tell you when you can leave your house and what you should inject your children with and whether you should chop their genitals off. Uh, these are the directions we're going in, right? Those are the two things that we have. And it's exemplified... I think at the state level, very obviously and, and most prominently uh, by what's going on here in the free state of Florida. And then, of course, what's going on in my former state, communist California. But it's not just states, right? Because states are just things. They're just sort of collections of people in geographic areas. But I think a lot of what's happening right now is I've often I've talked about it many times as sort of a, a, a spiritual uh, issue and that we need a sort of spiritual awakening because it's not the government that's going to come save you. But I think you can also look at what's happening in America sort of at an individual level, that there are individual people right now who are doing the right thing and individual people who are doing the wrong thing. So we're going to start the show today by talking about two people. One of them doing the right stuff is Elon Musk. And obviously I don't have to go into all of the good things he's doing from getting us to Mars and buying Twitter and all that, but basically fighting for free speech, fighting for the individual, fighting against the machine, fighting for freedom of thought, things like that. Uh, and then I wanna compare him to uh, Prince Harry. Now, Prince Harry, I've talked a little bit about the royal family before. I always say like, it's not, it's not like one of my main things that I love talking about the royal family. I think there's something interesting about the crown. Actually, you've been watching the, the show on Netflix, The Crown, the idea of a monarchy that something remains over generations, over hundreds of th and thousands of years uh, so that there is a continuation of something, I think is a, is a deeply stabilizing force in societies. Doesn't mean that everything they do is good, but there is some value in that as opposed to what we have here, which is every four years, we just sort of pick a new team and then all our norms change, right? We had four years of Trump, four years of Biden. It's like this massive flip. That was after four years of Obama. There's, there, there's something to be said about a little consistency. 
Uh, but whether you are super rich like Elon Musk or super powerful and rich and influential uh, like Prince Harry, uh, it's sort of irrelevant in terms of your life unless you do something worthwhile with it. And Elon Musk is doing something worthwhile, and I think Prince Harry is doing something very destructive. So I saw this video yesterday. Here's how we're gonna start. Uh, because we talk so much about Elon Musk here, and he's become so culturally relevant, and it seems like he's sort of the thing that everything's kind of orbiting around right now. I saw this video, uh, which is a throwback from a couple years ago. He was on 60 Minutes uh, talking about his childhood. And I thought this was pretty interesting to sort of set up who he is and why he fights for the good things right now. You grew up in South Africa. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I left when I was 17 by myself at a backpack of clothes and a suitcase of books, and that's it. Did you have a happy childhood? No, it's terrible. Are you serious? Yes. Why was it terrible? <laughs> Elon, while he was a little boy, he grew up in a very violent home. Like, for example, when I always had to drive the car and he would be punching me and Elon would be between the seats hitting his father to stop him punching me. My father has serious issues. Um, okay, well, so you didn't have a happy childhood. It was very violent. I do know that you were bullied at school. And had a I was almost beaten to death, if you call that bullied. He was shy and awkward at school. Elon didn't have many friends. Pupils at Elon's school saw him as strange. And he was systematically bullied for years. A gang beat up his best friend, making him agree never to hang around with Elon. On one occasion, Elon was pushed down the flight of stairs and beaten violently leaving him in hospital for weeks. It's no surprise then that as an adult, he's a fighter determined to succeed and prove everyone wrong. So I did not know that about Elon Musk. You know, you hear about him growing up in apartheid South Africa. He's our first African-American richest man in the world, uh, but came from a tough childhood. Sounds like his father was extremely physically abusive and he was bullied and all of the stuff that many people go through, that crushes an awful lot of people, but it seems to have given him a bit of his fighting spirit. Now I wanna compare that with Prince Harry, and, and trust me, by the end, you will see why we are comparing these two uh, so specifically. Uh, Prince Harry grew up with everything, right? He grew up literally with a silver spoon. I mean, they have a silver spoon that they give the kids and the, the nannies and the wealth and the fame and all of those things. And in these last few years where he has married this uh, Meghan Markle, he basically has done everything possible to destroy the crown, to destroy the monarchy. He is talking to the media about how racist the family is and all of the backwards things that they've been doing. And it's not to say they should not be criticized, but this is a, a person who was born with everything, could do a lot of good, and has chosen to destroy the very thing that, that gave him all of the opportunity in the first place. So here's a little bit of Piers Morgan talking about uh, what's happened with Prince Harry and, and sort of related to Meghan Markle once she got in the, the family. Most outrageously of all, Harry and Meghan allowed claims to swirl about racism in the royal family 
for almost two years. They made a six-hour documentary about it. They accepted a Human Rights Award last month for fighting structural racism in the royal family, all based on what they told Oprah Winfrey. But now Harry's decided that apparently that's not what they meant at all. In the Oprah interview, you accuse members of your family of racism. You don't even... No, we well, of... The British press said that. Right. I... Did, did Meghan ever mention that they were racist? She said there were troubling comments about... Yeah, oh, there, there was concern color. about his skin colour. Right. Wouldn't you describe that as essentially racist? I wouldn't, not having lived within that family. The way the British press reacted to that was fairly typical. Neither of us believe that that comment or that experience or that opinion was based in racism. How was she dangerous? Because of the need for her to rehabilitate her image. That made her dangerous? That made her dangerous because of the connections that she was forging within the British press. And there was open willingness on both sides to trade of information. And with a family built on hierarchy and with her on the way to being queen consort, there was going to be people or bodies left in the street because of that. So I don't want to get too in the weeds on, on Meghan and what she said to Oprah and all of those things, but in essence, they claimed that, the, that skin color was an issue within the family, right? And with these kids going to be darker than other people in the family and everything else. They then accepted an award for going after structural racism within their family. Now he's kind of backtracking. But the reason I'm playing all of that is you have someone like Elon Musk who came from an, a highly abusive family who was a, obviously an awkward kid interested in a lot of things that maybe the regular kid wasn't so interested in. Uh, and he became something incredible and became a fighter and is doing good in the world. And then you have someone like Prince Harry who's worth, you know, he's gotta be worth 60 million, you know, they say around 60 million, but like it's, it's just an endless amount of wealth. And he runs around Western media sobbing about his family and his circumstances and the racism he comes from and how terrible the hierarchy of the, of the family is and all of these things. But why is this interesting from an American perspective? Uh, because obviously he's not American, although he's doing a lot of stuff here and he's a big Netflix star apparently. Neither one of these guys are from America, but they both moved to America to build empires for themselves. And Elon Musk has done that quite well and he's taken on the most powerful forces, which is why every day there are the most ridiculous hit pieces. And what Prince Harry has done is the complete reverse. He has self-flagellated endlessly, told you how horrible the, the crown is, how horrible the royal family is, how horrible racism is, all of those things. And he's gotten very rich from an American perspective, right? So Elon has done it with virtue. And I would say Harry has done it with vice. And that made me think of another American guy. There was some guy who actually was born with a decent amount, but he kept fighting, kept fighting for some of the good stuff. Uh, never quit, never gave up. You may remember him. He's orange, here he is. One of the most important things, never, ever quit. Never quit. And I've seen people quitting. And if they would have held out longer, they would have been successful. I've seen it so much. I've seen some of the most brilliant people in the world that never made it because they were quitters. They were just quitters, they would quit. They would, they just couldn't take it, they couldn't, whatever. Now, you have to also have flexibility though. Uh, you can't necessarily say, I'm never giving up, I'm going to, and you got to be able to weave and bob. You don't have to go through a, 
a concrete wall, you have to have flexibility. You have to always be able to change course a little bit, maybe always with that same goal, but don't quit. So it's interesting. It's not just that there are two Americas, right? There, there are very obvious differences between communist California and free Florida, if you're using those as the examples. But there really are two states of mind. One is that you can come from a lot or come, for, come from a little, from abuse or, or have every benefit known to man, and you can go, and you can go and you can get, and you cannot quit. That is a good state of mind, right? That's the state of mind that I hope you have. That's the state of mind that I think I've generally had through all of this. And there were plenty of lean years, uh, many, many lean years in all of this. And I kept going and kept going and kept going. And I built something, right? And, and that's wonderful. And then there's another type of person, another state of mind, which is you could be given everything and then you will use that to destroy the thing. And that, that is rampaging throughout the United States right now. There are so many people who are born in all sorts of privilege, and I would say the privilege is to be an American, right? To grow up in the freest place in the history of the world, and to then use that privilege to destroy it. But I wanted to end this portion of it uh, with that Trump piece, because Trump is thought of by, by mainstream as, you know, he's just the worst of the worst. But what he talked about right there is something that he was consistently talking about. We've shown you over the years, we've shown you some clips of him on Phil Donahue and on Oprah when they thought, you know, when that was mainstream stuff in the 80s and they thought he was a huge star and literally on Oprah where she's like basically telling him to run for president. Um, the idea that you don't give up, you just keep going, you keep building things and you see what happens. And, and you may have to be flexible within that, right? As he said, you don't run right into the concrete wall. And what do I always say? Like you go for that thing, that you go for that distant star, you may not end up exactly there, but you might end up some, somewhere approximate to it. And that's probably pretty good. So how does the media treat people who sort of go against the grain or go with the grain. Well, as you know, if you just feed the system, we talked about this yesterday, this is like the Stephen Colbert thing. If you just feed the system, they will treat you really well. Jimmy Fallon, they'll give you a lot of money. You can sort of be soulless and be a dancing clown for them, but they will treat you well. And if you go against the grain, well, now you have the Donald Trump situation or what the media is trying to do to Ron DeSantis right now, actually right before we started the show, I think we'll cover it tomorrow. New York Times has a hilarious hit piece on DeSantis that he's worse than Trump because Trump used to fight the media, but DeSantis is worse because he's ignoring the media. I mean, it's just, you gotta, you gotta admire the, the lunacy from these people. Anyway, let's talk about a little bit about the difference of how they treat people because you may remember in August, there was this raid on Donald Trump's home at Mar-a-Lago. And uh, nothing came of it, absolutely nothing came of it. And if you also remember when I came back on the grid with Larry Elder on September 1st, and Larry was telling me about the whole thing, I said to him, you can pull up the video, I was like, well, I don't think anything's gonna happen because of it. And then I basically didn't have to cover it for these last six months because it was obvious to me nothing was gonna co come of it. And this is just what they do with everything, Russia collusion and all of the things, right? This is what they do with everything. Well, now it turns out that uh, Joe Biden, has some documents that are supposed to be classified that were at a office that is connected to him. Very, very bizarre. But before we get into that specifically, here's Biden uh, talking about Donald Trump and his uh, documents and the Mar-a-Lago raid from a couple months ago. You saw the photograph of the top secret documents laid out on the floor at Mar-a-Lago. What did you think to yourself looking at that image? How that could possibly happen, how one, anyone could be that irresponsible. 
how could this happen? How could anyone be this responsible? This is insane. These are classified documents. This is serious stuff. Oh, well, happening to Biden right now. Three sources tell CBS News the classified documents were discovered in this building about a mile from the White House at the offices of the Penn Biden Center, a foreign policy research institute set up after President Biden left the vice presidency. According to a source familiar with the matter, the classified documents are small in number and were found in November in a box among unclassified material. Sources would not characterize how sensitive the documents are. Responding to requests from CBS News, the White House counsel said that on November 2nd of last year, before the midterm elections, lawyers for President Biden were cleaning out office space at the center. When they discovered the documents marked classified in a locked closet, they stopped the work and contacted the White House. Of course, right before the election, they found this sort of thing. Now, look, when the Mar-a-Lago thing happened, I knew it was all nonsense and nothing was going to come of it, just like impeachment one and impeachment two and impeachment for three scoops of ice cream and impeachment for holding a glass of water with two hands and all of that stuff. I, I'm not even saying that this is such a huge deal, but you do have to acknowledge, and, I, and this is the key part, I think, the difference in the way the media will cover these leaked secret classified documents versus Donald Trump's. But I know that's not a surprise to you, right? You're not going, oh my God, I really thought they were gonna be equal 50-50 on this thing. Of course they won't be. Also, uh, let's not pretend that Biden had anything to do with this. I mean, Biden is just so not even in charge. He's not in charge of putting his shoes on, right? So the idea that he was personally doing this stuff, however, the buck does have to stop with someone and that's why people eventually up top have to be taken out, like you're in charge of the operation. But the point is, if this, if a scandal is gonna take down Joe Biden, I think there's far worse scandals to take down Joe Biden. Just yesterday, we talked about this story, how the administration was directly, and they can link it basically up to Biden from an email that they were censoring Tucker Carlson on Twitter at the behest of the Biden administration. Like that's impeachment level stuff. So I don't know that anything's gonna come of this, but I think it's just worth making a note that when it was Trump, all hell was gonna break loose. This is the smoking gun. We finally got him. 87 other impeachments, orange man bad. And this one, of course, will just basically be ignored. But let's talk about something that maybe won't be ignored because it is, it is so tangible that the media is actually starting to come around to it. I'm talking about the border. So you may remember, let's go back to the orange man for just a second. He wanted to build a wall, right? And when people said, that you wanna build a wall, that means you're obviously racist. Well, uh, now Joe Biden, after several million people have just strolled into America, we, you know, we cover it, NBC does not cover it, New York Times does not cover it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, finally, Joe Biden went down to the border and here he is, this is just a little short video. And tell me if this is a guy, as you see him walking around, does this guy seem like he's in charge or knows where he is? Yeah, come on, let's talk to him. They just throw him down there. They throw on the aviator shades. They say, Joe, just walk. Don't say anything, just walk. Okay, so he got down there. And uh, what's interesting is that, you may remember a couple weeks ago, there was this video going around of the El Paso airport where there were dozens, if not hundreds, of illegal immigrants sleeping on the floor and in the bathrooms and wandering around outside. And nobody really cared about it. AOC didn't tweet about it. Uh, now when you know 30 of them get to Martha's Vineyard, all hell breaks loose, okay, fine. Uh, but he was in El Paso, uh, Joe Biden, 
so what did they do before he got there? Yeah, they, they cleaned it up because you can't have the elderly man pretending to be president see, seeing a bunch of illegal aliens on the street. I mean, that, that wouldn't be fair. Of course, this area uh, it was had a lot of police presence. We've been reporting in the past couple of weeks of police coming here. Uh, they've been arresting people for maybe paraphernalia. They had uh, access to, to marijuana, those types of arrests. We spoke to one woman. We asked her, have people been cleaning this area in preparation for President Biden's visit? One woman did tell us that, yes, the city, she has seen city officials or city employees out here cleaning the area in preparation to President Biden's visit. I love that. They're cleaning it up just for Biden, right? Because you wouldn't want Biden to see the, the disaster. It, that reminded me, did, he, did any of you guys go to sleepaway camp? Did any of you guys go to sleepaway camp? Yeah, I remember in sleepaway camp, you know, when I was there, when I was, you know, fifth grade, sixth grade, whatever it was, that right before uh, parents visiting day, they would do like two crazy days of cleaning. Like for weeks before that, you're living in filth. There's food everywhere and garbage and whatever. It's amazing. Like in sleepaway camp, it's awesome. But then right before the parents get, they clean it up. The parents come, everyone's like, oh, this is great. It's all good. The money, money well spent. That's basically what they're doing here. Well, then he shows up in Texas. Uh, they barely gave any warning to Texas Governor Greg Abbott. And Greg Abbott decided to show up at the tarmac. Here he is. You'll see Air Force One behind him. Uh, and he is not thrilled with this Joe Biden fella. So, listen. The, the president who caused the chaos of the border needed to be here. It just so happens he's two years at about $20 billion too late. He needs to step up and, and take swift action, uh, including uh, reimbursing the state of Texas for the money that we spent, but providing more resources for the federal government to do its job. Also, this is nothing but for show unless it begins to enforce the immigration laws already that exist in the United States of America that are contained in the letter that are provided to the president today. What did he say to you? What did the president say to you? He said he wanted to work with us on it. Again, Abbott got basically no notification, all right? He shows up at the tarmac there. He's in a wheelchair. Probably not the easiest thing to do in the world. Okay, fine. That's one thing. But what he says there at the end is the important part. It's not as if right this moment we need a whole slew of new laws, right? Everyone wants the government has to do more and we need new laws and give me more paper to print and all of this stuff. And how about we just go with the laws that we have? How about we just make sure that you can't just wander into the country? That is breaking the law by definition. But the Democrats obviously want that. They obviously want that. The mayor of El Paso, uh, who is a Democrat, which is very bizarre to me, but who knows? Uh, he went on CNN and, uh, he, you know, basically uh, he's not happy that uh, Biden didn't get to see what he should have seen. Mayor, one question has been about what the president didn't see, because from our reports on the ground, our reporters are with him. He didn't actually come face to face with any of the migrants there. And we know that there are hundreds of migrants, of course. We've seen them sleeping on the streets of El Paso. So did he get a sufficient view of the humanitarian crisis aspect of this? Well, he didn't. He did. I could have played you more of the clip, but he didn't because they cleaned it up before he got there. He then went to the Salvation Army over there in El Paso. And the, I think it was the militant wing of the Salvation Army, if I'm not mistaken. That's an Austin Powers joke, if you're following. Uh, he went there and just try to make sense of what we may have to play this one twice. Please make sense. This is at the Salvation Army in El Paso. He's there for immigration. He walks up to one of the people there over at the Salvation Army and someone explained to me what he's saying here. And here we have a 
All right, we got it. We got to play this one again because it's a little hard to hear, but it's really important. So he's at the Salvation Army. He is told he is at the Salvation Army. He's meeting people from the Salvation Army. He walks up to that man and says that he, quote, spent some time with the Secret Service in Poland and Ukraine. And then that man from the Salvation Army has to, oh, well, my God, well, that's, play it again, please. As Connor just pointed out, you know, the guy did have a big S badge on his shoulder there. So it's possible that Joe Biden thought that meant secret service. It probably meant Salvation Army. But like, there's something wrong with him. There is something wrong with it. Well, there's a lot of things wrong with this man, but like literally does not know where he is. Okay. Anyway, here's noted black lesbian press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, just lying about what's going on here. The president inherited a mess because of what the last administration did. They inherited, a, we inherited. The president inherited a mess. These are the same exact people who every time Donald Trump said, we have to have a border and then we can figure out what to do with the dreamers, meaning the people that are here, the young people who were born here and everything else and a pathway to citizenship. And we've covered this many times. Biden, uh, sorry, Trump was willing to negotiate with the Democrat. Everyone knows it. Like you, without even knowing all the specifics, you know that when Donald Trump was president, he would have cut deals to deal with the immigration situation and deal with the people who are here already and the dreamers and everything else, right? There's been a lot written about this. The Democrats, Chuck Schumer is on the record saying they did not want to give him a win, right? They did not want to cut a deal with Trump because they did not want Trump to be good, to be thought of as positive. And they certainly did not want him to be uh, reelected. Well, uh, Nikki Haley, who was Donald Trump's uh, UN secretary, right, the ambassador to the UN from the United States, and then also, of course, was the governor of South Carolina, she heard what uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre said, and she tweeted this out. So she's, you can see she's retweeting the original video that we just played right there. And she said, here's the border crossing mess that Biden inherited. In 2020, 458,000 uh, illegal people crossed over. Uh, in 2022, I'm not a mathematician, but it's about five times that two point, roughly 2.4 million people. Don't listen to this administration spin. When Biden goes to the border tomorrow, the mess he'll see is one he created. And of course, that is true. And that is why we must fight the media lies. And that's why we must not forget what they did to Donald Trump and the way they treat him versus what they are doing and the way they now treat with kid gloves, the elderly man pretending to be president. Uh, but let's, let's now get this to uh, sort of the bigger version of what I started. So I started with 
that there are people trying to do good in the world, right? And it doesn't matter what they came from, whether it was abuse or financial despair or whatever, but there are people who try to do good. I would put Elon Musk in that bucket. There are people who are born with everything who then just want to destroy everything for attention or for whatever woke thing that they're worshiping. I would put that with Prince Harry. Uh, but other people that we could relate this to, uh, well, one of them more in the Prince Harry bucket would be California Governor Gavin Newsom. So here is a tweet from Gavin Newsom about this border situation. President, and this is just a couple days ago, President Biden is right. From day one of his administration, Republicans have failed to even discuss our outdated immigration system. It's long past time for them to engage in finding real solutions. Now, of course, this is hilarious because I don't know if Gavin Newsom knows this. He does know it. It's just that he's incapable of saying a single word of truth. Uh, the Democrats have been in charge of everything until a couple days ago. Now the Republicans have the House. So the idea that if, if Gavin Newsom is now saying there is a border problem and he's blaming it on the Republicans makes no sense, right? It only makes sense in his fictitious world. Uh, but of course, it's funny because we found this video and just a few months ago, uh, he said that the border crisis was made up altogether. This whole damn border debate is made up. It's made up. Oh. It's made up because, can we go back to his tweet? Because that's what he said a few months ago. And then his tweet, <laughs> President Biden is right. From day one of his administration, Republicans have failed to even discuss our outdated immigration system, but he just said it was made up. Lordy, lordy. Uh, Gavin Newsom was uh, inaugurated for winning his reelection a couple days ago. He gave a speech. Um, it was the most dishonest, pandering, drivelous, woke, crap, factory of a speech you've ever heard. Uh, well, here's something. All across the nation, anxiety about social change has awakened long dormant authoritarian impulses, calling the question, calling the question what America is to become, freer and fairer or reverting to a darker past. They make it harder to vote and easier to buy illegal guns. They silence speech, fire teachers, kidnap migrants, subjugate women, attack the Special Olympics, and even demonize Mickey Mouse. All camouflaged under the hijacking of the word freedom. I'm trying to be nice, but the things that I want to say about him, I should just write the things down and then I'll put it and then I'll fold up the paper and I'll burn it in the backyard later. That would be the better way to deal with this emotionally. He, he's so evil. He, he, is, he is just evil. I, you know, I say it all the time. It's like, I, I don't know what exactly the human soul is, but I think it is somewhat connected to truth. Like the thing that separates us from the animal, from the animals, the, the idea that you wake up and you have thoughts, that we have cognition and can put truth into the world and, and set a world that is filled with order and decency and goodness. He's the reverse of that. I don't think the man has a soul. Everything that he said, he's worried about the Republican authoritarian impulses. This is the guy who completely demolished California through lockdowns. That he ever even says the word free as if he cares about freedom. Now, it is interesting that somehow when he was locking down everybody in California, the area where his winery is, and he's worth you know hundreds of millions of dollars, his winery was able to stay open when he locked down everyone else's wineries, but he's talking about freedom, that's right. Uh, that, that we've made it harder to vote. He's really trying to talk about Florida here. No, we have, we have by far the most secure 
elections, yeah, you do have to show an ID, unlike in his state, because you don't have to show an ID there because they want everyone to be able to vote and they want the fraudulence baked in, uh, that it's easier to buy illegal weapons, he said. Uh, if a weapon's illegal, you can't buy it, you douchebag. And um, yes, we have a second amendment, whether you like it or not, uh, and demonize Mickey Mouse. I mean, do I even have to start? Like, he's just such an absolute clown. Uh, I was on Fox this morning. I was on Dana Perino and Bill Hemmer show. Uh, and they were asking me about what's going on, you know, this, this contrast between Cali and, uh, and Florida. And we, we actually crunched the numbers. I busted out the abacus, the Rubin Report abacus, carried the one, did all the math. Uh, in the last three years, California has lost 975,000 people. That's 275,000 in 2020, 360,000 in 2021, 340,000 in 2022. That is almost 1 million people, 975,000 people. Now you have to remember, these people, they leave, and who are, who are the people that are leaving? These are people who are producing. These are people who are have businesses and who are putting their tax dollars back into the system so he can do all his stupid pet projects. Like, they are actually taking resources and they're leaving, and where are they going? Well, then they are going and they are taking their resources and their families and their value, and they're taking them to red states, and then red states get stronger economically, culturally, spiritually. Florida has gained over 800,000 people in the last three years. 1,200 people a day move to the free state of Florida. And I know that that OG Floridian with the cigar in his mouth wrestling the alligator on, uh, you know, hole 18, that he was worried that they were all gonna come in and bring all that blue state bullshit, but people have not done it. And you know, had they, we know that because DeSantis won by 20 points, Rubio won by a landslide and everything else. So what else is going on here? What else is going on here? Well, we've got some info from Florida's Voice. Governor Ron DeSantis awarded a total of 79 million for high-performing nursing education programs in Florida. 60 million of the award has been distributed to school districts with licensed practical nursing programs, 20 million, and Florida college system institutions with licensed practical nursing and registered nursing programs, 40 million through the pipeline program. These awards will meet a critical need of our state by ensuring we continue to have high quality nursing graduates and by creating new opportunities for, for Floridians interested in healthcare, said Governor Ron DeSantis. So do you get it? What DeSantis is doing here is exactly what he did, what was it, about a year and a half ago with police, right? He saw what was going on in New York and in New York, they were not back in the blue. Uh, they were firing people because of vax mandates and everything else. So he said, hey, if you're an officer up in New York and you wanna move down to Florida, they started giving out cash bonuses. They started restructuring things so that they could figure out because we do back the blue here. And that's why Florida has record low crime. Miami, I think was voted, I think it was about two weeks ago, the safest city in the United States, despite, as I even referenced yesterday, we've got Miami Beach here. We've got all of the spring breakers here. Occasionally there's some weird stuff that goes down and still, we are the safest city in the United States. Uh, we've got more from Florida's Voice. Governor Ron DeSantis appointed new leadership at New College of Florida to overhaul the institution's equity ideology for a merit-based approach. The Daily Caller first reported the governor announced six new appointments to New College of Florida's Board of Trustees. Appointment appointments include Chris Rufo, Matt Spaulding, Charles Kessler, Mark Barlin, Deborah Jenks and Jason Eddie Spear. 
As Governor DeSantis stated in his second inaugural speech, we must ensure that our institutions of higher learning are focused on academic excellence and the pursuit of truth. Starting today, the ship is turning around. New College of Florida, under the governor's new appointees, appointees will be refocused on its founding mission of providing a world-class education with an exceptional focus on the classics. Brian Griffin, the press secretary for Governor DeSantis, reportedly said in a statement. So it's happening, guys. That's why I'm trying to link just like individuals, Elon Musk doing it right, Ron DeSantis doing it right. And then the things that they're part of, whether it's Tesla or Twitter or the great state of Florida, start flourishing. Then we start bringing in better police officers because we, we say we'll back you here and our crime goes down. We start funding nurses more where other states are literally firing nurses for not getting mandates. And they still have all sorts of problems related to that in New York and in Michigan and Cali and everywhere else. And what are we doing? We're putting $65 million towards having better nurses here. So you can do it and you're all part of it. You're all part of it in your own way. Whether in your mind right now that's still being in a blue state and fighting, I just don't see how that can work anymore. But there is, there's worth in fighting. I'm a fighter. I never realized in my life that I was a fighter until all of this craziness with COVID and then campaigning with Larry Elder for the recall and everything else. Uh, or it's whether you move and then, and then reinvigorate a place that you move to, be appreciative of the people who did it right, who, who left you with a, a, a refuge of safety, a little o oasis, a citadel of freedom, as DeSantis calls this place. And this is the battle that we are up against. And it, it's, a, it's a political battle, but it's also an individual battle. Uh, and we found this video of Jordan Peterson talking about, since we just talked about universities and what's turning around here in Florida, uh, this is Jordan Peterson talking about how radical leftists uh, have destroyed our universities and actually accomplished nothing at the exact same time. Because we have all these radical left political activist departments at the universities, women's studies being at the top of the, of the list, that have done nothing for the last 30 years, have done nothing but produce a never-ending stream of ideologically-minded counter-civilization political activists. Heterosexuality, that's a tyranny. Capitalism, that's a tyranny. Democracy, well, that doesn't even exist, and even if it did, it would be a tyranny. It's nothing but a tyranny in the, in the eyes of the, of the radical women's studies types. And what would they replace it with? They'd replace it with their own ideological utopia. Well, we've already had 100 years of that. We saw what happened. Oh, well, that doesn't matter. That wasn't real Marxism. That's what the bloody Marxists always say. It's like, oh, how many millions of people have to die before you're convinced that it's real Marxism? And I know what they mean by that, too. They mean, hey, if I was the Marxist dictator, things would have gone a lot better. It's like, uh, you should think again, sunshine. Man, he's so good. He's so good. No matter how many times we play Jordan clips or how many dinners I have with him or events that I do with him, like, he's just, he's just, he makes me want to be a better man. Um, so the choice is yours guys, right? Like if we were doing this in another Jordan version of this, it's like you can either clean the world or you can clean your room. You have a chance to do both, but you got to start by cleaning your room. And most of these people who are constantly, what he describes, I love this phrase, counter civilization activists. That's what they are. It's easy to burn down. So which is easier? Which is easier? If you were to go to the back to the top of the show, which is easier? Is it easier? to be Elon Musk or, or Harry, Prince Harry. 
it's obviously easier to be Harry. Harry grew up with everything. And then what did he decide to do with it? He decided to burn down the institution that gave him everything. Elon grew up, and I did not know this until this morning, in this highly physically abusive family, okay? And then what did he do? He learned how to be a fighter. And that's why he's fighting right now. Like you have to connect those things. That kid who was beat up and beat by his father and watched his father beat his mother, for some reason he has the spirit of fighting. Now as a, he's probably about 50 years old, something like that. He has the spirit of fighting in him. So when, when he buys Twitter and then, and then sees all of this bullshit around it and sees what the government's been doing with these counter-civilization activists who work there, he's fighting. So you can do it. So you can either be a good person, you can be like Ron DeSantis and say, I will be a leader, I will do what is right, I will strengthen the communities around me and all of those things. Or you can be a bad person, you can be a liar and a fraud like Gavin Newsom. You can actually point to goodness and tell, and tell people that it's evil. Suppose the choice is yours. What are you guys gonna do? You guys gonna make a choice on that? You wanna think about it over lunch? All right, over lunch, I'm gonna talk about it with the team. We'll get, you guys know what I'm doing, but I don't wanna put words in their mouth, so. We'll discuss it over, what are we having today? Oh, we're over sushi. We're gonna have a little sushi and then we'll decide if you guys wanna be good guys or bad guys. That's <laughs> for the rest of your lives. Uh, guys, the post-game show uh, will be at uh, rubenreport.locals.com uh, in just a minute or two. We've got a cold close for you in just a sec. Part one of my interview with Tulsi Gabbard where we really got into some stuff. We really did. You know, I know the main concern for a lot of you as she's evolved politically and let's say come over a little more to our side is where is she at on guns? I ask her that absolutely directly and a whole bunch more of the full things up ad free at Locals right now. Uh, we got a cold close for you and then I'll get to some comments and questions. Locals exclusive, which as I said, for this week only will be open for everybody and then it's gonna be subscribers only uh, going forward. I'll see you in, uh, what did we say? 42 seconds. The impact what happened on July the 6th had international repercussions beyond what I think any of you can fully understand. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Rubin Report Direct Message. We're live on Rumble, Blaze TV, and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're looking for early and exclusive content, you can join me on Locals at rubinreport.locals.com.